Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift those Bibles up. I'm lifting my phone. I've got the Harvest Mobile app. You can read through the whole Bible through the year for free in the app. Let's go. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to take 20 seconds. I'm going to count you down, and I want you right where you're at to open up your mouth, and I want you to release worship. I want you to fill your atmosphere with worship right where you're at. Come on. Take 20 seconds. 20. Come on. Everybody everywhere. 19, 18, 17. Come on. What is worship? Tell them how great he is. Tell them how awesome he is. Tell them how strong he is. Tell them how mighty he is. Worship is worship. That means you let him know that he's worthy. Come on. 15, 14. Come on, everybody. 13, 12. God, you're amazing. 11. God, you're powerful. 10, 9, 8, 7. Come on. Hallelujah. 6. Come on. 5. Waymaker. 4. Great God. 3. Incredible. 2. One. Now, come on, everybody. Say, Lord, have your way in me tonight. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's get into this word tonight. Let's go. So Sunday, we started a series called Parables because Mark 4.33 says this. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Somebody say, he spoke in parables as they were able to hear it uh, which means God watch me God knows how to get it to your level see that sometimes people feel that God is so distant and he's so far away because of the way that God is presented you better hear me one of the reasons why I present the gospel in the way that I do is to make sure that whether you're a PhD or a GED whether you sit in the boardroom or you just got fresh out the hood you'll be able to understand the word why because God is accessible for everybody I need you to hear me I don't care if you're a three-piece suit or whether or not you're tatted up I don't care whether or not you got earrings and piercings I don't care whether you got braids or your hair is uh, fried dyed and laid to the side come on y'all I don't care whether or not you're tall or short whether you're light skin dark skin white black Hispanic speak Spanish speak English speak Portuguese I don't care what your background is God is accessible to everybody and I'm so glad he didn't make himself exclusive to what he said y'all can't have me because of this and y'all can't have me because of this God is accessible to everybody would you open up your mouth and say he's accessible to everybody he said he spoke the word to them in parables as they were able to receive it what does that mean God says I know how to get the word to you the way that you need to be able to receive it so that you'll be able to take action on it he spoke to them in parables and then verse 34 says he didn't even speak to them without a parable. Why? Because everybody Jesus was speaking to, if you were to equate that to modern times, it means that they were, watch me, the highest level of education for many of the people Jesus spoke to would be between a third and fifth grade education equivalent today. 
Why is that important to understand? He couldn't be going too deep if that was the level he was talking to because he may have sounded important, but they wouldn't have gotten results. Sometimes people are so busy trying to look like they know what they're talking about that the people don't understand what they're talking about. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, sometimes you're going to have to learn how to find out exactly what way works to get to somebody, and then you got to get to them that way because everybody can be reached the same way. But I'm so glad you and I serve a God that he knows exactly how to serve it up so that we get that thing. See, for some, watch me, speaking wouldn't work for you. You needed to actually go through it. Mm. See, for some people, you wouldn't hear, so you had to hurt. For some people, you wouldn't listen, so you had to lose. For some people, watch me, you wouldn't obey, so you couldn't obtain. I need you to hear me. God says, I will get it to you whatever method I have to get it to you. Somebody say a parable. Now, uh, in verse 34, it says he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained what everything. And that's significant because it uses the word own, which means that everybody that was around Jesus, some of them were trying to act like students, but they weren't his. Now, that's important because many people watch me. They like to say and do Christian things, but they're just not into being submitted to the Christian God. Okay, let's go further. They like to say happy things. I just, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Watch this. What does that mean? Well, what in the world does that even mean? I don't like organized religion. Okay, so you want to be a student, but you don't want to be his. And the problem is, if you are not his, then he's not responsible for what happens in your life. I need you to open up your mouth and say, he's my Lord and Savior. See, Savior means that he saved me from myself. He saved me from when I die, I know that I'm going to spend eternity with him. But then being my Lord means that I am his. What does that mean? If he says jump, my next response is how high. If he says jumping jacks, baby, I'm going to do them until he says stop. Whatever he says, I do it and I do it quickly. Open up your mouth and say, I am his. To his own disciples, he explained everything. And I said this to you on Sunday, that however direct he is, it speaks to your level of maturity. So when God can be very direct with you, that means that there's a level of maturity. Because there's certain levels where you don't have the time. Look at me. You don't have the time to speak in cookies and cornflakes. Sometimes you just have to give it in its raw form. And look at me. Everybody can't handle raw. Every, can I be honest with you? Everybody can't handle the full you. Mm. Because the fool you, for some people, is too much. Come on. See, your excellence scares the heaven, hell, and earth out of some people. And when you show them the fool you, they're like, oh, my God, how you do this? A friend of mine said this to me. He said, Bishop, are you always like this? I said, like what? He said, this strong. He said, how do you always walk around this strong? And you're dealing with this and dealing with that and dealing with that. I said, to be honest, sir, I didn't know that, watch me, there was anything special about how I was being. I was just being who I am. I said, I don't have the luxury of punking out. Mm. I said, I don't have the luxury of giving up. I don't have the luxury of throwing in the towel. I said, because when I stand before God, he's going to tell me, well done, my good and faithful, not just servant, but my son. I need you to open up your mouth and say, he's going to tell me, well done. Everybody cannot handle the full version of you. So Jesus had to take his own disciples. This is why you got to be careful because everybody in your circle isn't with you. Some people are just around you. So he took those that were his. He was like, look, y'all are around me, but y'all aren't mine. So he says, those that are mine, I'm, I'm going to get mine. And he mind to come over here with me. And what we're going to do is that I'm going to tell them I'm going to be direct with them, and I'm going to explain the parable. So here it is. A parable is a story that illustrates principles. And Sunday's was this. Uh, it was the parable of the what? Mustard seed. So here's the scripture we looked at. I want to go deeper. In Matthew 3, 13 and 31, Matthew 13. In 31, it says this, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. The kingdom of heaven is a phrase uh, that means God's M.O. M.O. means modus operandi. Modus operandi means how God does things. So whenever we see the term the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it is referring to how God does things. And I need you to hear me. God doesn't operate like the United States of America. He's efficient. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. God doesn't operate like the United States of America. He's excellent. Come on. God doesn't operate like the United States of America. He takes responsibility for what he does. 
Come on, let's go, y'all. I, I need you not to confuse America with God. Mm. Because watch me, the American version of Christianity will have you thinking that God, watch me, that he hates everybody except certain types of people. Come on, y'all got to talk to me. God, will, uh, if you use the American version of Christianity, it'll have you thinking things about God that are not accurate. So look, God, watch me, he has a kingdom. A kingdom has a king. A king has absolute rule in his kingdom. You got it? So, it says the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Those phrases are interchangeable. It means the way that God does things. Literally, it means I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. In fact, the Bible never promises heaven a place to live. It promises us the kingdom of heaven, which is a what? Lifestyle. Come on, let's go. Which means I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. If you grew up in church, here's everything you thought about. Let's hurry up and get out of here so we can die and get to heaven. Can I tell you where that came from? It came from the slave gospel. The slave gospel was this. Let's live in hell so one day, one day we can die and go to heaven. So we're not going to try to change. Watch me. We're not going to try to change our situation here. We're going to wait until we die and hopefully it'll be better over there. But the devil is a liar and his mom and them too. Y'all better hear me. See, the kingdom of heaven says, I'm living well so I can bring heaven's attributes down to the earth. That doesn't mean they're perfect. It means they're shalom. What is that? Nothing is missing and nothing is broken and nothing is lacking and all is well. It doesn't mean I have no enemies. It just means my enemies going to be my bread. It doesn't mean I won't have any problems. It just means my problems will be things that I conquer. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have issues. It just means Emmanuel is with me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to deal with challenges. It just means I am more than a conqueror. Somebody say, that's the kingdom. Come on, y'all talk to me. Y'all say, that's the kingdom. All right, so watch. The kingdom of heaven, God's MO, the way he does things. Got it? I'm, my lifestyle. You ready? The lifestyles of the kingdom. Y'all remember when Cribs was on? And they would show you these houses and cars. Well, before Cribs, there was a show. And the man's name was Robin Leach. And Robin Leach had the lifestyles of the rich and famous. I didn't do it too good, but you got where I'm going. And he would show you these people's cars. And he'd show you these people's houses. And he'd show you their yachts. And he'd show you their planes. And here's what they were trying to do. They were trying to say, this is how you live if you're rich and famous. <laughs> you ready? This verse says, this is how you live if you're kingdom. You got me? So when you're kingdom, here's how it works. It works off of seed. Matter of fact, if we were to walk over to Genesis 1.29, you'll see that seed is how God has always operated. Let's look at the screen. It says, and God said, behold, I have given you what? Every plant, say it with me, yielding seed. That is on the face of all the earth. And every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. God says, I'm going to give you the seed, not the harvest. I'm going to give you what you need, which is the seed, not the harvest. What your seed will be, it's up to you. Open your mouth, say this with me. Say, what my seed will be, it is up to me. Now look at this. Back to Matthew 13, 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. So God says, I give you the seed because the seed has everything in it that's necessary for the harvest. Here's the problem. If you judge the harvest based on the seed, you will be irresponsible with the seed. If you sleep on small, you'll never have big. If you're irresponsible with small, you'll never have big. Question, how are you handling the small things in your life? Mm. How are you handling the little assignments in your life? Do you have to constantly be followed up with? Because that means you can't be trusted with small. And watch me. Every small thing is an audition for a big thing. Y'all better hear me. God has been job interviewing some of y'all to see if you're ready for promotion. And I don't know about you, but baby, I know I've been faithful. And I need you to throw one hand up and say, I'm ready. <laughs> say, he's ready. <laughs> say, let's go. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, it says he sows it in his field. He doesn't hold on to it. He doesn't keep it out of fear. He sows it. Somebody say he does something with it. This is important because it's very easy to be a person that talks more than you walk. It's very easy to be a person whose talk is stronger than your walk. But I want you to make this declaration. Say my walk will be stronger than my talk this year. Say my walk will be stronger than my talk this decade. So let's break it down. He says, the kingdom, God's MO is he gives you the seed because the seed has everything you need in it. And what you do with it determines the harvest. Let's look at verse 32 of Matthew 13. This is the parable of the mustard seed. 
Uh, listen, it is the smallest of all seeds. Now, I need you to get the reality of that. Because many times we compare our start to other people's start. You compare what you have to what other people have. You compare where you were born to where other people were born. You compare where you started your business to where other people started theirs. You compare where you started your career to where other people started theirs. In the kingdom, somebody say the lifestyle of the kingdom. God says, I intentionally set it up so that you were the underdog. I don't like your lack of response right there. I intentionally didn't give you no watermelon seed. I intentionally didn't give you no peat seed. I intentionally gave you the smallest of all the seeds because when I bless you with big, everybody's going to say, how in the world did you get that done? And you'll be able to say, this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous. I need you to open up your mouth and say, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. For every single mama, God wasn't mad at you. God says, I'm setting you up as the underdog because I'm getting ready to do something big in your life. For every man that felt like you were treated poorly and treated bad, God says, I gave you the smallest on purpose. You missed me. I gave you the smallest on purpose. I let you be the black sheep on purpose. I let you not have what you thought you needed on purpose. I let them betray you on purpose. I let you be born to a family that didn't get you on purpose. I wish you would talk to me. I did it on purpose. Because the lifestyle of the kingdom is that you don't need a big seed. Come on, verse. You don't need a big seed. Lifestyle of the kingdom is I give you the smallest of seeds. I give you the smallest of talents, the smallest of abilities. I set you up as the underdog on purpose. I need you to get that because for some of y'all, that's going to help you with that bitterness problem. For some of y'all, that's going to help you with that attitude problem because you keep getting negative because you keep comparing seeds. <laughs> you keep getting negative because you compare your seed to other people's seed. And God says, you don't even get it. That watermelon seed is going to be this big. Big seed, small harvest. But the lifestyle of the kingdom, small seed, big old harvest. I need somebody that knows that God's about to put something big in our hands. Come on, harvest. Big in your hands. Big in your pastor's hands. Can you just release a praise for five seconds right there? Go. Five. Four. Come on. Three, two, one. Somebody say something big is ready for me. Let's go. Let's go. He says, I give you the smallest of all seeds. So big starts with small. What your seed will be, it's up to you. But when it is grown, say process. Now, here's the thing. Process means it's going to take some time. It says it's going to take some time. It is larger than all of the garden plants. And it becomes a what? Tree. This ain't no plant. It's a tree. Uh-uh, you missed it. He says, what I give you will start as very small. That very small, watch me, it's going to change shape. And it won't just be a plant like all the other seeds. This is going to become a tree. Matter of fact, the biggest of the trees that's in the garden, watch me, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in the branches. He said, in other words, watch me, you're going to change forms as you go through the process. Everybody under the sound of my voice where you say, I just feel like I don't know myself anymore. Look at me. Good. Who you were needed to die so that who he made you to be could come out. <laughs> I need you to just lay your hands on yourself. Say, old needed to die so that new could live. Notice, it says, I give you the smallest of all seeds. This is the kingdom, y'all. This is how it works. So for everybody who keeps comparing your story to other people's stories, stop. Stop. Can I just get a few of y'all online and just put a stop sign? Stop. God is like, you are the underdog on purpose. That's how you know the difference between who I called and who just went. 
Because the ones I called, they had to start small. Shut up! I don't mean literally shut up, but that just blessed me all in my inner shando. Where's your inner shando, Bishop? Somewhere in here, deep back up in there. <laughs> watch, 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 watch. This mustard seed, after it goes through time, it becomes so large that it's now blessed to be a blessing. It becomes the home for something else. In other words, it had to get big enough to hold something else. It had to get big enough to hold something else. Could it be that your process has been stretching you so you can hold more than what you have? I need you to just open your mouth, please, and make this declaration and say, my process has been stretching me because I'm going to hold more than I planned on. Uh-uh, y'all ain't saying this thing like I need you to say it. Say, I'm going to hold more than I was counting on. See, Harvest, we were getting ready for one more location, but maybe. Y'all ain't going to praise him with me. But maybe God says, I'm going to get y'all ready so y'all can do more than what you planned on. See, you were talking about uh, getting, uh, uh, getting a new house. But maybe God wants you to get a couple of them jokers so you can have some investment properties. And he's letting the world go through turmoil to bring them prices down so you can go buy at a discount. Let me go. Sunday, we looked at the mustard seed as our faith. And tonight's message, here's what it's called. It is called supernatural seed. Now, remember, we talked about how that mustard seed grows. That mustard seed, it takes three to ten days for it to germinate, for it to start to grow. Three to ten days. Ten is the number of divine perfection, which means when the seed is placed in the right environment, the seed will be per perfected so it can grow. God doesn't want you to grow into a mess. You, you miss me. See, what's the benefit of you growing if you're going to be a disaster? God doesn't want you to be on TMZ. Let's go. Come on, y'all. So God says, I'm going to get you right while you're in seed form. Shut up. I'm going to get you right while don't nobody know you. Shut up. I'm going to get you together when you're in the right conditions. And remember those conditions? The mustard seed has to be placed in the ground. It has to be placed in dark soil. That means dark. That means isolated. That means quarantine. I need you to hear me. Your quarantine and your isolation has actually been preparing you. It's part of your seed uh, turning into perfection. It's part of God making something in you perfect. And perfect doesn't mean perfect in the way we think of it. It means that God is taking those things that concern you and he is making everything about you better. Somebody say he's making me better. So it's got to be parked uh, in dark, uh, uh, in a dark environment. Number two, it's got to be placed in a moist environment. Somebody say moist environment. Now, moist we talked about on Sunday at that 11.15. We got there. The Bible says they that sow in tears. Come on. They're going to reap. And so you got to go back and look at that message. But watch me. Moist means, watch me, you're going to shed some tears in your journey. And you need to hear me. There's going to be sometimes you're going to get emotional. And when you get emotional sometimes, that's all right. That's part of your process. Just don't stay there. For everybody who's stuck in your emotions, I call you out of them right now. For everybody that feels like you're depressed, you got anxiety, you feel mad, you feel angry, you got all of that, I call you out of your emotions right now. And I speak, watch me, that you would spring forth right now. It's got to be placed in a dark environment. It's got to be placed in a moist environment. And watch me. Y'all ready for this? And it's got to be placed in there for three to ten days. I'm going to say three to ten days. Now, now, this is interesting, three to ten days, because um, three to ten days means it's not instant. Mm. It's not instant. Mm. It's not instant. Mm. I'm going to do it one more time so you get it. It's not instant. Mm. Oh, remember, it's got to be placed in a cold environment. So here you go. Cold, isolation, dark, unclear, moist soil, tears. I'll give it to you again. Cold, isolation, by yourself. Here's the funny thing about you being a seed yourself, is that you can be around people and still feel by yourself. And what's amazing about that is you will, watch me, you will watch some little show on YouTube and you'll think something's wrong. Because you don't understand that's process. You'll sit up and talk to someone who is a professed expert. But the reality is, is they don't understand you're a seed. So you must be placed in this environment so you can grow. I need you to open your mouth and say, I am a seed. 
So it's got to be placed in cold. That means isolation, then dark, unclear, then have a lack of clarity. And then it's got to be placed in moist soil. That means you're going to shed some tears. Somebody say, I'm going to shed some tears. Now, here's why I need you to get that. That all involves time. Mm. I'm going to do it one more time. That involves time. Mm. Some of y'all ain't typing mm on the screen. That involves time. Mm. Now, let's look at this. Here it is. Mark 4.26. I want you to see this. Because I need you to not let the time it takes for your seed to grow makes you uproot the seed. Somebody like, what happened? Did the screen freeze? Mm -mm, I just didn't move. Because can I tell you what somebody in your seat struggles with? Impatience. And you don't even understand that the seed is supernatural. But if you uproot it, it's only going to be natural. I'm going to back today. The seed is supernatural. I'm about to show you. But if you uproot it, it's only natural. Can I show you this? Mark 4, 26. Let's go. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So here it is again. We see this concept of the seed. Verse 27. Look at me. He sleeps and rises night and day, but the seed is sprouting and growing. Wait a minute. Your seed is so supernatural that your seed doesn't need to sleep nor slumber. Your seed is working hard so you don't have to. But if you uproot it, no wonder you're so tired. No wonder you feel exhausted. You're not letting your seed do what it's supposed to do. I need you to open your mouth and say, my seed is supernatural. The Bible says that you get up and you go to sleep, but the seed is steady growing. The seed is steady working. Somebody say, my seed is supernatural. It never sleeps. It never slumbers. Your seed works hard for you. And it goes on and the seed sprouts and grows. Look at me. Seeds always produce a harvest unless you uproot them. Unless you uproot them. It takes time. Mm. Y'all gonna remember that though. Because everybody doing it with me like, mm. He sure is telling the truth. Y'all ready? Look at this. Here's the best part of the verse. He doesn't know how it's happening. That means it's not a natural thing. That means it's a supernatural thing. I'm going to say this verse again so you get it. He sleeps and he rises night and day. Got it? Which means your seed is working for you when your eyes are closed. Let me tell you why you're going to sleep real good tonight. Because your seed's fighting for you. Come on. Let me tell you why you ain't going to worry about money. You a faithful giver. And when you sleeping, your seed is going to be filling out applications. Shut up. Your seed is going to be in the ear of hiring managers. Shut up. Your seed is going to be on the ear of recruiting managers. I need you to say, my seed is working for me. You ready? He says, it, watch me, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He doesn't know how it's happening, which means this isn't a natural thing. This is a supernatural thing. So look at me. Everybody says, I just want to see the supernatural power of God. Where you see that? I just want to see God do something supernatural for me. You have the seed. And as long as you have the seed, that's the end. All seed has to be what, according to Mark 4, 26? Sown. Mm -hmm. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm a seed sower. I'm a seed sower. Let's go to verse 28. The earth produces by itself. Y'all missed it. The earth produces, everybody say it with me, by itself. Say it again. The earth produces what? By itself. It's so supernatural you're no longer necessary if you leave it in the right place. The earth is going to do what it's supposed to do. Ooh, I need you to open your mouth. Say, the earth is about to produce for me. Yeah. Come on, y'all, say it. Say, the earth is about to produce for me. 
the earth produces, look at me, by itself. Because seed is supernatural. Seed is, seed is, he says, once you sow it, you don't know how it's going to grow. He says, but it's doing it, and it's doing it well when you sleep. This is why it makes no sense for you to be up all night. For, for everybody under the sound of my voice who so you've been having trouble sleeping, I tell you, go to sleep. Why, why do I need to go to sleep, Bishop? Because if you and your seed are up, your seed will think it should stop. Seed is supernatural. So if you're getting in the natural way, your seed will say, well, have what you want. Let's go. The earth produces what? By itself. I need y'all to catch that, please. Once I sow it, and I don't uproot it, and we're going to get into that in a minute, the Bible says the earth is going to produce by itself, which means I'll be doing what I'm supposed to do. I'll be faithful to my assignment. And then all of a sudden, I'll look and see that my harvest is in my hand. You missed it. You missed it. Say it's happening on its own. See, you want to know why some of what you're trying to make happen don't happen? It's because you are in the way. You didn't follow the process. Watch me. Seed has to be sown. You decided to keep it and go on the interview. Which means you got in your way. God says, had you put a seed on that, I would have took care of that for you. But you decided you was going to hold on to that. And since you decided you was going to hold on to that, you have a natural situation versus a supernatural situation. Come on, y'all. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Wait a minute. First, then, then. That's first, second, third. That means it takes time. Hmm. Verse 29, but when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle. He says, when you see that it's harvest time, you better be ready to get it. Which means I have to keep my sickle ready. What is that? That's what I use to collect my harvest. God says, I need you. What does that mean? You ready? That means I live in expectation. He says, why would you sow if you ain't going to expect to get nothing back? Why did you sow if you didn't expect? And this is bigger than money. I'm going to show you that in a minute. But many of us, watch me, we sow and have no expectation. So the, okay, I, can't, I, I was going to tell you a testimony. I'm going to tell you a testimony. Um, watch me. When you have expectation, when you ask, you expect a response. Somebody say, I have expectation. Can I be honest with you about what many people are struggling with right now? Your expectation. Because you've been looking at you a whole lot during this time of quarantine. And, and, and watch me. you got to be careful that you're not anxious to get back to normal. Because there won't be normal. There's going to be new normal, which is going to be higher altitude. Watch me. Here's what you got to be careful of. you got to be careful, watch me, that you during this moment, that you do not get in the way of your seed. you got to live in expectation. I need you to say this. I expect tomorrow to be incredible. I say, I expect Friday to be even better. I say, I expect Saturday to blow my mind. Here's expectation. Expectation says, I got up with a smile on my face. Expectation says, I didn't walk in with an attitude because I realized the one that I might have one with maybe was going to pay my debt off. Say, I'm living in expectancy. Can we be honest, though? Can we be honest, though? How many of us can say that, that this? How many of us can say this? That there's been, mess, uh, there's been time, especially recently, where your expectancy has just been flat. Like, they're talking about flattening the curve. Your expectancy has been flat. It didn't need to get flat. You're just like... We gonna, here, here's how you know your expectancy is low. We're going to see. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. Because I don't want to get my expectation up, so I leave it low so I can't be disappointed. Which means you don't have your sickle with you. Which means if it was harvest time, you'd have to leave, go get it, and come back, but it won't be there. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, keep me in expectancy. 
I need you to wake up on Thursday morning like, ah, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I shall rejoice and be made glad in it. Something amazing might happen for me today. And even if it doesn't, he's still good and he's still God. Y'all ready? Let's look. Okay. But when the harvest, when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest is what come. Got me. Harvest is bigger than the seed. Say harvest is bigger than the seed. But notice what this verse says. This verse says, but when the harvest has come. Somebody say it's harvest time. I'm going to let you respond to that the appropriate way. I need you to say it's harvest time. See, watch me. It's not just harvest time where you need to be in expectancy because your seed's about to produce a harvest. But watch me. It's harvest time. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. It's not just harvest time where your seed is about to produce a harvest for you, but it is harvest time. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it's our time and it's our turn. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's go. Uh, I'm almost there. Galatians 6 and 7. Galatians 6 and 7. So seed, what did I just establish for Mark 4? Seed is what? Supernatural. Supernatural. Somebody says supernatural. Um, one of my, one of my um, used to be favorite movies back in the day just because I got a kick out of um, Eddie Murphy being a vampire. And I got a kick out of anime. <laughs> uh, being his sidekick or whatever in the movie. In the movie, he said, the supernatural. And, 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 and Eddie had the Jerry curls and all that. He was a vampire in Brooklyn uh, from Jamaica, or the Bahamas. Was it the Bahamas? Was it Jamaica? So he was a vampire in Brooklyn, but he came from the Bahamas. Uh-huh. And, uh, and in the line, he says, it's supernatural. In other words, he was like, you're not going to understand this, but you're going to see the fruit of it. It's not going to be clear to you how it happened, but you're just going to know that it did happen. I need you to lift both of your hands right there and say, my seed is supernatural. Say, and it's producing something major for me. So Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. So look at me. You can't get what you don't give. And this is bigger than money, but it includes money. I'm going to show you this. Four basic types of seed. I'm going to show you. A lot of people, you are expecting a harvest for something you didn't give. You do not get what you did not give. So you want loyalty, who have you given it to? You want faithfulness, who have you been faithful to? You want people to believe in what you're doing. What have you done? It's amazing to me how many people want the church and the man of God to believe in their business and what they're doing and this and that, but they don't do anything to help build God's house. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me there. It's amazing to me because you literally have disqualified yourself from the supernatural. Because if you want the supernatural, God says, come up off that seed. You cannot reap what you did not sow. You cannot get what you did not give. So there are four basic types of seed. Four basic types of seed. Somebody say four basic types of seed. Here's the first. Your mind. This deals with your thoughts. Your thoughts or a form of seed. Your thoughts are a form of seed. Let's look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 4. Say, my mind, my mind is telling me, telling me so. so. <laughs> you ready? All right. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare, come on, verse, are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Come on, verse 5. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, let me get this again. Verse 4. For the weapons. Somebody say the weapons. Of our warfare. All right. Say they're not of the flesh. That means they're not natural. That means they're what? Supernatural. Well, what's supernatural? Seed. So what is your weapon? Seed. You, you're fighting, watch me, and the reason the fight seems so hard is because you're not using seed. The reason you feel so, I'm just a child, I'm so tired, I'm just tired, child, I'm just tired. That's you. Heaven is looking at you like, would you please come up off of them seeds? And here's your seed, your thoughts. 
your thoughts. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. It means they're supernatural. Here's what they do. They destroy what? Strongholds. What's a stronghold? That's something that has power over all three or influence over all three parts of your humanity. You and I are spirits. That's our subconscious mind. We live in physical bodies. That's our flesh. And we have a soul. That's our mind, thoughts, will, and emotion. Here's what a stronghold is. It has your soul. It has your body. It has your spirit. That's a stronghold. And watch me. If it has your spirit, watch me, then your spirit can't tell your soul what to do. And if it's got your soul, it'll tell your body what to do. Which is why for some people, you're like, I don't know why I can't stop doing this. It'd be calling me, man. It'd be calling me. Come on, Pookie from New Jack City. The reason it keeps calling you is because it's got a stronghold. But watch me. If you learn how to take your thoughts captive, if you stop the fight here, it'd never get here. If you'd stop it in seed form, it'd never become a harvest of your action. You ready? The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not natural, but they have divine power. That means they're supernatural to destroy strongholds. I need you to just make this declaration. Say, my mind is fighting with the right thoughts. That's good. Say it again. Say, my mind is fighting with the right thoughts. Verse 5, we destroy arguments, which means in my mind, I can shut down an argument. Okay? Because there's a song that says, my mind's telling me no. One side. But my body, my body, telling me yes. That's another side. So you got two conflicting sides. What do you have? An argument. One side says be faithful. The other side says don't. Argument. One side says be consistent. The other side says, well, nobody in your bloodline is, so you don't need to. One side says, be the generational curse breaker. The other side says, well, I don't know anything different. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. One side says, give. The other side says, hold on, because you don't know what's about to come. So what do you have going on in your mind? An argument. And whenever people argue, you're using energy. So the reason some of you are mentally tired is because you did not learn how to stop your thoughts while they were in seed form. But I need you to make this declaration over yourself. Say, I declare... I have the mind of Christ. So listen, we destroy arguments. The arguments are in you. They're in you. And every lofty opinion. So check this out. This is really appropriate to today's culture. Because everybody got an opinion. Everybody want to say what they think it's supposed to be. Everybody want to say, this is how I feel. Here's the line. Here's the line. This is my truth. How you got your truth? It's the truth, then it's lies. Ain't your truth. What you mean is your perspective. And your perspective isn't fact. The angle you saw it from isn't the fact. See, standing over here, watch me, I see one side of the pulpit. But if I stand over here, I see another side. So if I'm standing over here, I'll say, I don't see any white screen. I, there's no white screen, so you're not telling the truth. But if I stand over here, I see that there's a white screen right there. So watch this. Who's lying? Neither one of them are. It's just neither one of them has a full perspective. Which means I can't let my opinion cause me not to obey the word. How you feel about it don't matter because what you feel is not real. Y'all ready? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. Some of y'all know that God has been there for you. And sometimes when you start going through things, you have the audacity to start thinking, I don't even know. Is he real? Does he care for me? Does he love me? I don't know. I was watching something on the History Channel. And how can we trust? You should be dead. That's how you can trust. Cancer should have killed you. That's how you can trust. When you had that bottle of pills and took them, but somehow, way, you're still alive. That's how you can trust. When you were about to lose your mind, but he kept you, that's how you can trust. I need you to say, I know that I know that I know. That God is. Look, 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 this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. Where's all this happening? In you. So if I can kill bad thoughts in seed form, they never become harvest. 
If I let good thoughts grow, they become harvest. So watch me. We take every thought what? Captive. What does that mean? I'm snatching it up. You need to learn how to have a snatch up spirit. Spirit just means mindset. Somebody say snatch up. We got a social distance, so I can't get you to get that close to me. But just come on. I'm going to virtually snatch you up. You ready? Watch how powerful this is in the spirit. You ready? So let's just say this is a bad thought. Okay? And this bad thought is telling me, watch me, that I might as well quit because it always seems like the harder I try, the worse it gets. Is that Bible? No. Got it? The Bible says all things work. The good, the bad, and the ugly work. So what do I do to that thought? I snatch it up. You miss me. What do you do to the thought that says, watch me, this is not going to be the best year of your life. This is not going to be the best day. It's probably going to be the worst. You just need to write 2020 off. You need to snatch it up. And then when you snatch it up, you need to choke it out. Virtual choke. Virtual choke. Now die. 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 Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. That's what you got to do to your negative thoughts. You got to snatch them up and choke them out. Put that on the screen. Snatch them up. Choke them out. 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 When low self-esteem comes, when low self-esteem comes, it tells you you're not good enough. And that telephobia, that's what it means. When you think you're not good enough. Snatch it up. Why do I need to snatch it up so I can see it eye to eye? I'm not going to pretend like I didn't think it. I'm going to look it in the face and say, I thought you. You old raggedy, dirty, busted, jacked thought. I'm looking directly at you. And now what I'm going to do is make you obey. So the best way to get you to obey is to choke you out. Y'all look at me like you know what a choke out is. What are you going to do? I'm going to make, watch me, when you choke, you're making something lose oxygen. Oxygen is needed for something to live. When I snatch it up and choke it up, I'm telling this thought, you can't live in me no more. And I'm going to kill you while you're a seed in my mind before I ever allow you to become a harvest in my life. So right now on the screen, everybody type a few thoughts that you know you need to snatch up and choke out. Everybody, come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. Snatch them up, choke them out. 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 Snatch them up, hey, choke them out, hey, snatch them up, choke it up, snatch it 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 up, choke it up. It's gonna be on the next album. Little Bishop and the Saints. In case y'all don't know about my group, I got this mixtape in the trunk. Number two, number two, number two. So the first. Type of seed is your mind. Here's the second type of seed, your mouth. Quiet in here. Your mouth. <laughs> mouth. You ready? Proverbs 18, 21. You hear me say this all the time. If I catch it in my head, it won't come out of my mouth. But what happens to those occasional thoughts that, that accidentally get past the snatch and choke? <laughs> it may come out of your mouth. And then when it comes out of your mouth, it's going to manifest in your life. Proverbs 18, 21. Look at this verse. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. You ready? And those who love it. What's the it? What's the it? What's the it? Let me tell you the it. The it is the seed. Will eat its what? Fruits. How do I know it's seed? Because only seeds produce fruit. So God says, if you love talking negative, you're about to eat it. You're about to live it. If you love gossiping, you're about to be who's gossiped about. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You got to learn how to get your mouth together. Open your mouth and make this prayer. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, give me the grace to keep my tongue in order, in alignment with your word. Here's the third type of seed, your movements. This means your actions. Your actions are seeds. You got me? I'm giving you four M's. So that way you can take good, easy notes. It's easy note night. Your mind, your mouth, your movements. 
Matthew 12, 33. Jesus is speaking, and here's what Jesus says. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Everybody say this last part with me. For the tree is known by its fruit. Everybody look at me. You're known by what you produce, not who you hope to be. You want people to celebrate your potential. Jesus said you can't be known by your potential. You have to be known for what you produce. So here's the question. What do your actions say about you? You've heard people say, they don't do right, but they got a good heart. They don't have a good heart. That's why they don't do right. Because if the heart was right, the, the habits would match. If the heart was right, the habits would match. Did you hear what I'm saying? If the heart was right, the habits would match. Jesus said the tree is known by its fruit, what it produces. So what do our actions say about us? It doesn't matter that in your heart you want it to be on time and you're never on time. Your actions say you're late. It doesn't matter that you intended to say something, but you didn't say something because you were afraid to say something and you knew it was going to be a problem later and you just figured you'd deal with it later, but you had the heart to say something. No, you didn't. The tree is known by its your movements. What are you doing? Can I get you to look at some? If there's somebody around you, look at them and ask it like this. Say, what are you doing? Okay? Because those are actions. Let me give you an example. And remember, you're going to reap what you sow. But the harvest is always, it's bigger. Harvest is bigger. So here's the thing. Okay? All right? Let me give you a marriage example. So, Listen. If you don't speak life to them, somebody will. Yeah, yeah. So listen, you're going to have to put the actions in to see the results. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me right now. She know what I think about her. Mm -hmm, But he tell her. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. He know that I care. Yeah, but them actions make you real difficult to deal with. You want people to be happy when they see you coming, not going. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Let me get off of merits because I feel the internet getting quiet right there. I felt cold on the internet. I felt it through these cameras. I felt coldness on the screen. Don't get cold at me. I'm trying to get it hot in your bed. Listen! Married people. Married people with paperwork. Government issued paperwork, not the stuff you can print it and sign yourselves. <laughs> Government issued paperwork from the county, huh? It's for married people. Let's move. Listen, you can't say, I'm gonna be a boss. Bishop, 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 I'm gonna I'm from change the world, Bishop. God's calling me, I'm gonna change the world. I'm I'm, going to get this business off the ground. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm a creative. I'm a speaker. I'm a this. I'm a rapper. I'm a dancer. I'm a this. I'm a this. I'm a that. Great. Can you be faithful to the dream team? Because if you sow unfaithfulness as an action, you're going to reap it in whatever you're trying to do. It's quiet in this church. Whatever actions we sow, we're going to reap. So you know why you shouldn't do people wrong? You're going to reap it. You know why you shouldn't gossip about people? Can I help some of y'all? Some of y'all are like, I got all these haters out here, Bishop. I got these haters. They hating on me. They hating on me. You see what I'm trying to say, Bishop, because I'm doing the work will of the Lord. You know what I mean? I'm doing the will of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And I'm moving in things God has ordained. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a kingdom sister. You know what I'm saying, Bishop? And all of this and all of this and all of this. Maybe you're reaping. Maybe the gossip you've sown is the gossip you're reaping. And when you reap it, it's bigger than what you sowed. You only made one phone call with unsubstantiated information about somebody, and they didn't made 15 about you. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, help me sow the right actions. Come on, everybody everywhere. Let's say, say, Lord, help me sow the right actions. Here's the last thing. Here's the last type of seed, and we're out of here. Money. So your mind, your mouth, our movements, our money. Our mind, our mouth, our movements, 
our money. Most often when we say the word seed, money is what comes to mind. So let's deal with it. 2 Corinthians 9.10. The question says, he who supplies what? Seed to the sower. In the context of 2 Corinthians 9, he's talking about money. So here's my question, church. You ready? If he gives seed to the sower, that means he withholds seed from who will not sow. You ready? So here's what that means. If there's lack, that's an indication God doesn't trust you to sow. It's too quiet right there. I'm not beating this up. I just want to get, I'm just trying to get you so you can get your harvest. Y'all ready? I need you to say this is going to be the best year of my life. Come on. Say this is going to be the best decade of my life. Say it's my time and my turn. Well, I just want to make sure we get this right. He gives seed to the what? Sower. He gives seed to the what? Sower. He gives seed to the what? Sower. Which means when he knows I'll sow, he's going to make sure there's seed in my hand. But if he thinks that my seed will end up on Amazon, y'all ain't going to say nothing. If he thinks my seed will end up at Guitar Center or, or, or uh, 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 <laughs> sweet wine, musician stuff, um, uh, or, 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 or watch me, or Louie, or Coach, or King Supers, come on. Oh, excuse me. For all of my digital family, y'all don't know whether I'm King Supers. Kroger's. Like, who is King Supers? Kroger. If he thinks your seed is going to end up at the Piggly Wiggly, or the Winn-Dixie, or the Publix, or what we used to have back in Memphis, the Mega Mart. <laughs> but that was the coolest grocery store ever, by the way, though. It was exciting. I remember to this day, it was exciting to go to the grocery store. It was loud. The machines were really bright. It was a really exciting experience. Listen, <laughs> here's the deal. He gives seed to the what? So if you have no seed, God is telling you by the lack of seed, I don't trust you to sow it. Because I give seed to the sower. Now, I need everybody to make this declaration. Say, Lord, I'm a sower. Say, you can trust me with resources. You can trust me with finances. You can trust me with money. Say, I'm a sower. I'm a giver. I can be trusted with seed. I rebuke lack. I rebuke there being any debts on your life. Come on, y'all. Let's go in for a moment. I rebuke you not having more than enough. I rebuke you living paycheck to paycheck. If that's your story, I speak that your life will be in overflow. And if you're already in overflow, I speak you to a whole nother level of it. In Jesus' name. Everybody release a praise right there for your increase. Go, 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 go. Come on and release a praise. Somebody holler, increase, overflow. Increase, overflow. The verse, he gives seed to the sower, bread for food. What will he do? He'll supply. You ready? And multiply. Y'all miss me. God says, okay, you, you, anybody got cash in here? Anybody got cash? You got cash? Okay. All right, now, because the social distance stuff, once you give to me, it's mine. All right, because cash, I can't get back to you now. <laughs> I'm just joking. We'll iron it. We'll iron it and get back to you. We'll iron it and put some lights on only get back to you. <laughs> y'all have family members that iron money. Anybody know what I'm Okay, okay. All right, come on, come on, come on. So then y'all know what I mean when I be doing this then, too. Okay. Because the same people got folk that iron money do this. Okay. <laughs> y'all ready? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, God says, listen, this is, this is your seed. This is this, this your seed, right? He says, so this is your seed. Now, you don't confuse your seed with your tithe. Your tithe belongs to God. We ain't talking about this. We're talking about over that. Somebody say over that. See, overflow starts with over that. See, overflow starts with over tithe. He said, it's about tithe. That's going to keep you right where you're at. Okay, your increase comes from your seed. Your seed is what you give above your tithe. Y'all ready? Okay, now let's do this. Now remember, if you're just coming in, don't say, oh, I hear these preachers talking about money. Sure am. 
Jesus talked about money more than he did prayer, faith, heaven, and hell. You know why I'm talking about it? Because everybody won't want. And watch me. And there's nothing wrong when you realize you're blessed to be a blessing. We ain't talking about being selfish and trying to get cash, cars, and clothes. We're talking about being able to do what the federal government can't do. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We're not talking about being selfish. We're talking about using our lives to change the lives of others. All right? So here's the deal. So here's the deal. So God says, I supply. Put the verse up. God says, I'm going to give you your seed. But then, not only am I going to supply your seed, that means I'm going to give you what you need. Say, my needs are met. But God says, not only am I going to do that, he says, but listen, good job. I'm, I'm proud of you. Got a good fold on this money. Military fold. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to open this money. <laughs> listen, God says, not only am I going to give you this, God says, but listen, I'm going to multiply your seed. You ready? So he says, because I know you're a sower. She says, so I'm going to give you a million because I know you're going to sow it. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. Let me get you at your level of faith. I'll give you 100000 because I know. I know. But watch me. How did, I, how did he give it to you? I sowed to get it. Watch me. Then when he gives it to me, he says, I'm going to multiply your what? Seed for sowing. He says, watch me. So, so here it is. Come on, let's, let's socially distance. So we're just going to throw it on the floor. Everybody see us being responsible? Right? I can't preach with a mask on. <laughs> Someone said, well, Bishop, where's your mask? God says, okay, there you go. That's your seat. Don't touch it. That's your seat. No, no, no. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. That's your seat. But God says, now, now, God says, I gave you some seed. Get back to me. Oh, okay. Well, bam. There you go. Take both of them. But since you are sore, God says, I got that back. Let me multiply what I gave you in the first place. Y'all ready? Come on, there you go. Must be y'all are missing the point. He gives seed to the what? So God says, I gave you that. Now let's see if you're gonna be selfish and stingy. What you gonna do with that? God says, Did you just sow that back? Let me put something extra on that. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Did you just sow that back? Let me put something extra on that. I need you to throw up your hands and say, I'm a sower. I'm a giver. And faithful givers always flourish. So look at this. Let me finish the verse. You multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11. You will be enriched. That means say no lack. In every way. Which means my financial giving can affect every area of my life. Did you see, you see this in the verse for yourself? Okay. All right. Let's go further. Watch me. To be what? Generous in every way. God says, I bless you to what? Be a blessing. And then he says, when you are a faithful giver, what's going to be produced? Thanksgiving. People are going to see you and give God thanks because they're going to know that it works. So here's the four areas of seed. Say my mind, my mouth my movements, my money. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are givers. We are sowers. We understand that our seed is supernatural. Come on, open your mouth and say, my seed is supernatural. So because our seed is supernatural, Father, we thank you and we honor you and we bless you that we get the opportunity to sow what it is we want to reap. We can't get what we did not give. We can't get good actions if we don't have good thoughts we can't get good movements if we don't have good things coming out of our mouths so we thank you tonight in Jesus name well I pray that today's life giving message has spoken life into your life I'm Bishop Foreman pastor of Harvest Church and at this time I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ you know 2,000 years ago God stepped in a body that body was called Jesus that body got on a cross and died for our sins now sins are things that we do that don't please God and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.